Are you ready to challenge the rhetoric? And my music apparently isn't ready. <laughs> Let's try that again. Uh, it's going to be one of those blog talk radio nights. Okay, so the music's going to fire off here in a minute, but I'm just going to go ahead and keep on going, and I'll shut it off when it happens. Today is Wednesday, April 20th. My name is Sherry Roberts, and I'm your host right here on Challenging the Rhetoric. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you all tuning in for whatever reason you tuned in. Tonight is a very important night. Uh, last week's show with guests Mark McConnell and Melvin Lee created quite a stir on lots of different angles of this in lots of different places. And um, some of it was good and some of it was bad. Oh, here we go. I told you that would happen. Well, I think I'm back. Uh, That's only happened once on the show before, and it was a night I actually got hacked. I don't think I'm hacked tonight. I have been having Internet issues all day long, but let's just go ahead and get right back into it. If you can hear me, uh, my girls, please give me uh, a heads up and let me know that everything is going live now. I appreciate it. Today is Wednesday, April 20th. My name is Sherry Roberts. I'm your host here on Challenging the Rhetoric. And, um, you know, we have an interesting show tonight. We have a lot of things that are really serious that we need to discuss. And I mean we. I mean all of us, okay? Now, when I say we need to discuss it, does that mean that I'm going to have a bunch of people call in and talk about whatever they want to talk about and call that a discussion? No, I'm not. Um, That's what tried to occur uh, by some people last week. Last week's show with guests uh, Mark McConnell and Melvin Lee, like I said before I dropped off there, had created quite a bit of a stir. And um, most of it was really positive, but there was some very seriously negative things that had come on uh, or come of it. And uh, and pardon if I'm distracted. I'm just trying to check on tech issues right here, right now. Okay, give me the heads up. I am on for sure. All right, so anyway, so with regards to last week's guests, here's the deal. Uh, Mark McConnell has been accused repeatedly of being a Fed. The term Fed is something of a misnomer in the sense that a Fed is somebody that works for the federal government. But there are these other things that are paid informants. They're not Feds. They work for Feds. A lot of people think that Pete Santilli, although they say a Fed, what they mean is they think that he's a paid informant. Well, I will say that Santilli, by default, was a defo- you know was a, was an informant, but he certainly didn't know it. I, I, you know, the people that want to accuse him of being a Fed, like Mark McConnell, neither one of these guys are Feds. I, and, and you're not gonna, you know, those that that want to hate on me or whatever, you're not gonna trust me on this, but you really should trust me on this. Um, so, as everyone who's paying attention right now, by now you know that Brandon Curtis was never invited nor scheduled to be a guest on my show last week, and uh, there was a bunch of people that this chain reaction of events occurred 
that are uh, I'm being interrupted, FYI, by my social media media manager, Hey Sue, uh, to let me know that the chat room is down for her. So I don't know if that means it's down for you, but that did happen last week, and I rebooted the chat and was accused of people getting booted from the chat. So I am going to relaunch the chat room. I apologize to the listeners, but there are tech issues going on right now due to my weather. So I will uh, do that. So if I lose you and you want to sign back in, I'd appreciate it. Anyhow, so here's what was going on. People are accusing Mark McConnell of being a Fed. I, I guarantee you the dude's not a Fed. Okay, so all week long I've had people say, okay, well, he, he's a paid informant. It's different. Yes, it is different. Um, it's very different. And towards the latter half of the show, we're going to talk about that difference of what a, what a paid informant is and and what that can do to people and to families and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, it looks like the chat is going, so if one of you want to say something in there, if you're listening, just to let me know it's all up and going. It looks like it on my end. I don't know. We're going to talk about these feds and these informants and all of that, who is and who isn't, not just in my opinion, but based on some facts and based on some sources that I have. My regular listeners understand that I have some very real sources. I'm not just talking out of my butt. I'm not just saying something. I'm not a Fed. I've been accused of being a Fed many times over the years, um, usually not because of my sources, though, so that's what's kind of odd. Uh, I want to explain something with regards to the whole Fed thing because some people took this to mean something differently, some because they actually misunderstood, some because they chose to make other people misunderstand. And I made a comment on my show last week that feds were listening to my show. And that was a fact. I have one of my former guests, who is in fact an active fed, who listens to my show regularly. That's not my fault. Um, They like my show. Whether you do or not, they do. Now, whether they like my show because they like me and what I do or whether they want to listen to who I bring on my show, I don't know. I don't work for them. I'm not an informant. Uh, But take that for what you want. Another one, there were two that I know for sure that were listening last week. Another one is a fed who has not been on my show, who I have been trying to get on my show, who has been listening to my show faithfully to kind of vet me and see what I am all about and what my show is all about. Um... And so, uh, you know, there it is. Now, the reason that was important for me to mention to uh, you guys while you were listening last week is not to upset anybody, but I happen to know that a few of the people that were listening last week and that were not listening because they had any good intent for the the betterment of all, um, it was more of an ego-standing thing, I happen to know that a couple of those people have done so much stuff online, but there's huge red flags there. And when I know that I have feds listening to my show, it was rather kind of me to not let you on my show because the attitude with which you were presenting yourself in the chat room showed me that you were going to be even worse once I brought you on the air. Now, I get attacked all the time, long before the Oregon standoff ever came to be. And I'm accustomed to getting these attacks. I've been doxxed multiple times. I've been doxxed so many times that I created a whole website for all the information out there. And I'm not talking about the Challenging the Rhetoric website. I have a website with all the good, bad, and ugly things about me, everything about me that you would want to try to nail me with. Some people put up a, 
a link and, and, and a picture of an erotic poetry book that I have written two years ago. Um, and, well, I've talked about the book on the show. I share that link fairly frequently because I do hope people will buy it. <laughs> so for all of those that thought it was an aha moment and you were going to embarrass me or catch me in some sort of a secret or something like that, that wasn't the case. You, you wasted a whole lot of time uh, on thinking you figured something out. Uh, and in fact, and this is the legitimate truth, and go and go back in the Wayback Machine and verify it yourself, but what you have done by doing that is you're actually very close to putting me uh, on a bestseller list. And the rankings that I now have on Amazon for that book are pretty astronomical for a poetry book, let alone an erotic poetry book that only has a handful of poems that I put in there last minute to figure out how to format Kindle Publishing. They were poems I'd written years before that. I just wanted to figure out the platform. But I'm proud of all of them. They're classy and whatever. Lots of people bought that book. So, uh, And because of how that link started being so prolifically spread over the last couple of days when those sales came, I know that there are you know, people out there that, again, were trying to get me in on a, an aha moment. Every single poem that's in that book, I have actually posted publicly uh, at least once before. There's no secrets there. I am an open book, okay? I used to be a closed book. I used to do all this hiding behind the scenes. And I used to, I've always used my real name and my real face, but I used to do a lot of the things that I've seen going on now that I finally, we tell everybody to wake up. All this activists, oh, wake up, you're asleep, you're sheeple, you're this, you're that. But here's the deal. You're not as awake as you think you are because there's this weird thing that happens, and I'd like to say it's magical because I like that word, but it's black magic, okay? It's black magic, and I, I want to get into these things, and that's why I think it's important. So these miscommunications or this misunderstanding that occurred last week, to the best of my knowledge, and I think uh, that Sarah Redbuck is, listening tonight, or she said she would be listening tonight. I've been speaking with her. Um, I think that she won't get mad at me saying this, but basically in a nutshell what has happened is Brandon Curtis is in fact going to be on a show at the same time on the same night as me. And when Sarah and a couple other people had shared my show thing and tagged people on it, it landed that promo on Brandon's page. When Sarah asked him if he was going to be on the show, well, of course, his answer was yes, because he was, in fact, going to be on a show. It just wasn't my show. The only show she was aware of at that moment in time was my show that she had posted to her page and people had been talking about because of who was going to be on my show. When I saw that before I went, on, before I went live last week, I actually sent Sarah a private message, although we are not Facebook friends, so it went in the Facebook other box. I sent her a message. It was a polite message. I'm sure she can attest to that, that she had that wrong. Brandon Curtis was not a guest, nor was he invited to be a guest on the show, and if she could please correct that. And the reason it was important for me to, for her to correct that, and I wish it would have happened, is because a lot of what happened that night happened as a direct result of this whole misunderstanding okay now this misunderstanding wasn't mine but because Sarah felt like she was being called out and being called a liar and because basically both Sarah and Brandon were kind of calling me a liar by telling me I'm wrong no he's a guest on my show well I don't know how that works I'm the host I own it 
I'm my own producer. Uh, I think I would know who's going to be on my show. But because Brandon didn't understand why she thought he was going to be on my show, he thought, she said, I said he was going to be on my show. And, you know, good thing, because a while back, I bought the domain name, he said, she said, they said, because of crap like this. Now, I've never done anything with that domain, but I might now, (laughs) and not to highlight anybody here, but that's going to be a little bit about what the show is about tonight. And I think the end result is going to show you that that is really one of two big problems going on right now, not just within the Patriot or Liberty Movement, whichever word fits that scenario better. Um, and and, it, and when, I, when I say the word, you know, when I say Patriot Movement or Liberty Movement, and you don't like the tone of my voice if you are one of the people within that movement, I'm not saying it derogatorily. What I'm saying is, is that it seems to not have a, a, a good definition anymore. And as I pointed out last week, I'm not the only one, okay? There are so many people, so many people as I look out there. I'm not just talking about people I deal with or that, that, that talk to me. I'm, I'm talking about just in everything that's gone on since the Oregon standoff. And the same thing kind of happened with the Bundy Ranch thing, but then it kind of slackened up. But people have started to cringe at images of the flag, at images of a bald eagle, uh, images of even cowboy silhouettes on horses, okay? And that isn't, and, and some people aren't going to like this, but it's not because those images are bad, and it's not even necessarily because people that are flaunting those images right now are bad, but there are some people within this movement, and we're going to talk about why they're in the movement here in just a second, but there are some people within this movement that have given those images and a lot of your names a bad name as a whole. And I don't mean just other supporters and activists. We're going to talk about people bigger than them as well. But so with what happened last week, a lot of people got attacked. I've probably been attacked more than anybody. I mean, they've created Twitter pages. They've Photoshopped pictures of my teeth. And, you know, I'm surprised they haven't, like, found a naughty pic of me somewhere and and put that out there. But, hey, I got that on that website too. You know, I mean, that's the point. I'm an open book, so you can waste all your time. You can go and do all these things and spend all this time and make YouTube videos and pages and blah, 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 blah. Or you can spend that time doing something effective and productive to help these people that you say you support that are now in jail facing prison, some of them life in prison, and their families, those wives, but more importantly, those kids who didn't ask for any of this. They don't have a belief system yet, okay? And everybody else's belief system has now been forced on their life. And that should matter. And, and it's that right there is what made me connect with Melvin Lee. Because when he put out the video about the wives and the families, he was somebody from within this Patriot Liberty movement that we've heard so much about over the last few months that was actually talking some logical sense and something of grave, and I mean grave, that's important, we're talking kids, import. Now kids and families matter to me. Those of you who are new to me, whether it's because you like what I'm doing or hate what I'm doing, I have a whole other show. I have a show about childhood sexual abuse. I'm a huge advocate for children and families. And so 
when I see those sorts of abuses happening in the adult world, it makes me kind of stand back and say, what is wrong with you people? I mean, I walk around my house. What the hell is wrong with people? But there's something wrong with people. So whatever misunderstanding happens really doesn't matter. And uh, so, I mean, that's what it is. We're going to get really deep into this real quick, but let me tell you the rest of the details of tonight's show. During each live broadcast, you can interact on the Facebook page, as I always tell you, at facebook.com forward slash challenging the rhetoric.news. And on the Twitter, you can find me at CTR Newsfeed. For tonight's show, we are using hashtag CTR, Oregon Standoff, and Bundy Militia, not Bundy Ranch, Bundy Militia, um, because it's going to get more play out there for a greater round of people, including a lot of sovereign citizens um, who need to be hearing this message as well, because it, it does involve them. Um, so all the stories that I write, if you don't know by now, you can find them on the website. That's challengingrhetoric.news, not .com, it's .news. If you want to call into the show tonight, I very rarely take calls, and I said so last week, and I'm not going to go back into that whole thing again, but I very rarely take calls. Let me explain why. When somebody calls into the show, all I see is a phone number. I have no idea who that caller is, and yes, I can answer the phone and say it's caller from this area code. But the problem with that, when I first started my show, when I had co-hosts and before I went the route that I am now, there were more people than not who when they dialed in, they hit that one button. So anybody that dialed in on a telephone knows what I'm talking about. It'll say, to, to speak to a host, hit one. Well, everybody that was dialing on the phone, typically, was hitting one. And there were almost every single week when I was taking calls initially, the person I would bring on or the people I would bring on never meant to be on the show. They were just listening on their phones. Unfortunately, it does not matter how many times I tell people, don't hit one unless you want to be on the show, they still do. The other reason is, it's like I said at the beginning of the show. So for those of you that tuned into the show after the first 10 minutes last week, not only did I point out that I rarely have ever take calls, especially when I have guests, I also told you how to get in the call queue besides pushing one. I told you that my social media manager's name was Sue Shugarts, and she's in the listener chat room. And if you want to call in, that you needed to get her attention in the chat room, and you needed to tell her what area code and your name. Again, I'm not going to take anonymous calls. I use my real name and my real face to talk to you, and I expect the same when you talk to me. But what happened was, whether you heard me say that or not, is there were a handful of people that came to the chat room and tried to dial in that were here for agendas of their own. And those agendas automatically were doing things that were outside of the PG-13 rating that I use for my show. The reason I use that rating is I think that the youth of this country who within the next few years are going to be voters, they're going to be people that are going to start deciding what they're doing in their lives as far as politics. And I think that it's very important for them to hear these conversations. And they can't hear these conversations when people have ego problems or attitude problems and they don't want to follow a rule. But if you can't follow a rule, you can't be in my chat room and you can't call into the show. It's that simple. Now, I'm going to give the number, and you want to follow those rules and you want to be respectful and have a civil dialogue, not a debate, uh, no aha moments, no cussing and all of that. The number is 647 787 17 Nine zero. So you know what to do. 
If you want to be in the chat room, the chat room is live. If you don't see the chat room, it's at the Blog Talk Radio page, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Challenging Rhetoric with Sherry Roberts. My name is C-H-E-R-I. If you're already in the page and you don't see the chat room, hit your refresh button and scroll down. The chat room is always underneath a little slider thing that's on Blog Talk Radio. Now, beneath that slider is a place to actually put static comments that are not in the chat room. Just so everybody knows, I don't see those comments until after the show. So again, last week, a lot of people were leaving a bunch of comments there, especially people like Jody writing all in caps as if she's screaming her head off at me, okay? Um, and when the comments are being very adversarial and outside of the bounds of what I set up for the show, you're simply not going to get my attention. But those comments, I'm not going to see until after the show, all right? So if you, if you need me to see something, you need to put it in the chat room. The same with the other social media pages. I jump around between Facebook and Twitter, but that's when I'm posting something. I'm not going there to look for comments from you. If you want to comment and participate in the show, you need to be in the chat room. If you uh, are listening to an archive, though, please remember, you're not going to be able to get into the chat room or call in because I'm not here. <laughs> All right, so here, here's, here's the thing. Uh, something came of the show last night that was really kind of horrible, for a lot of people, including me, but it turned into something that is very important and was not so important to me. It was an aha moment for me to share with all of you, but it's really important to those listening. Whether you are a part of the, the patriot movement or the, um, the, um, you know, the liberty movement or any other activist group, okay, what happened after the, sh- the show last week is important because one of the people that a lot of you that are listening tonight and last week know that goes by the name of Shiloh Ryder online is not Shiloh Ryder. And she has posted many things over the months uh, and last year particularly, but specifically ramped up in the last several months since everything here in Oregon uh, had occurred. And, and, and a reminder, I live in Oregon. Um, so I have a little bit more to say about what happens in Oregon, I think, than any quote-unquote patriot or any other activist that comes to my state, state and tries to tell my state what to do. Um, so anyway, Shiloh Ryder uh, done a lot of things, but uh, because of that show, she created a Facebook event, an event. She had also previously created a Facebook page uh, bashing uh, award-winning Oregonian reporter Les Bates. She docked. Les, doxed Les Bates and his family, um, and there's been much harassment and uh, stuff that's gone on there. The problem is, is these things don't just happen with one person, because just using Sarah Redbuck's example of her mistake about Brandon Curtis being on my show and all that that caused just from that little mistake because nobody checks anything, and when somebody tries to correct them, no matter what side you're on, nobody wants to listen to who's trying to correct you. Um, And another example of that, about what I'm going to talk about, is this story that I did about Shiloh. So she goes on Facebook, and she's she's pretty snarky, okay, the Shiloh writer. She goes on there, she's very snarky and does a lot of things, and that's part of what attracts some people to her. They like her personality. She's got a wicked little online personality and wants to play around, flirt around, and do lots of stuff. But the problem is is that she made a mistake that night and uh, that drew enough attention to her 
that her mistake became very apparent and the other little mistakes that she had made along the way, particularly in the last week or so, uh, for whatever reasons that she was slipping, uh, were glaring for anybody to see had they been paying attention. But everybody else was too busy bashing me and bashing Mark McConnell particularly as well and a little bit Melvin. And uh, But the fact of the matter is is that uh, Arizona Patriot 3 percenter um, Pat Ryder's girlfriend that you all know as Shiloh Dunn, and some of you know her real name is Molly, I mean, as you know as Shiloh Ryder, and some of you know her real name is Molly Dunn Powell, but many of you didn't know that she actually works for uh, Americans for Prosperity, a, a Koch Brothers company. Now, I know that most liberals, okay, hate the Koch Brothers, or Koch Brothers, whatever you want to call them, um, but... I also know that most conservatives also do not approve. And when I found out that Molly worked for AFP, I was very surprised at not only the support, the type of support that she had within this Patriot Liberty movement, but where she was getting, and not where, how she was getting that support. It seemed rather odd to me um, because... She seems to everything that revolves around the Shiloh Ryder character online, and even when you now, now most of her stuff she's taken offline, um, and she's made up a bunch of other phony accounts. As a matter of fact, she did log into the chat room and then realized she logged in under Molly and then logged back out. And she's listening tonight. She's she's a guest in the chat room. Um, but the thing is, is that why is she creating the particular kind of behavior that she's creating? working for who she's working for. She's not doing it under her real name because of who she works for. And you are all accepting it under her phony name because of what you think she stands for. But whoever really took the time to vet Shiloh Ryder, whoever took the time to find out who she works for and then went beyond that and find out why, why is she so involved when the stuff that she's bringing to your table is not good. The stuff that she is bringing to your table is leading people to jail. And we're going to talk about others that are doing that because the Liberty and Patriot movement has, in fact, been infiltrated. In the case of Shiloh Ryder, Molly Dunn Powell, is your number one proof right there. So start with that. Now, had Adam Bundy, had Adam Bundy, uh, and then vetted more people that went to the refuge instead of just accepted anybody that showed up for whatever reason that they were there. Maybe they wouldn't be in jail. Maybe some of them wouldn't be facing life in prison. Maybe Lavoie Finicum would be alive. And we'll talk about why, outside of religion, okay, why their faith and what they were doing was so hell-bent, because that's extremely, extremely important. But on the subject of Miss Molly, good golly, Miss Molly, Molly Dunn, tell uh, you are the liar of the week, and I'm going to tell you all why, because it's going to blow your mind. Molly is uh, Monday night. Molly got a bunch of people riled up. There were text messages sent. There were private group chats set up 
there were phone calls made by Shiloh, Molly, claiming that there was a drive-by shooting at her house, claiming somebody pulled up and shot into her house. Now, this was after, okay, this was after last week Sarah Redbuck took down her account saying that she had received death threats as a result of my show. I've never seen any proof of that. I don't know that that's true or not, but it certainly had nothing to do with me personally. And it really had nothing to do with my listeners personally. But it has everything to do with people like Molly Powell. See, so here's what happened. Molly got you all riled up. Okay, she got you all riled up and all caring and fearful for her because somebody was trying to shoot her, send her a message or kill her or whatever. She even went so far as to post and send pictures of sheriffs, not police, sheriffs, okay, that's important, dark, blurry pictures, doesn't show you anything, okay, and say that those were pictures from what happened. Now, I know she had a couple private chats going on in different places, and I know that Miss Molly Dunn Powell, uh, and a handful, a small handful of people, literally, and I mean this literally, and it can be proven, and it will be proven, <laughs> uh, conspired. Okay, talk about conspiracy theories. You know what a conspiracy is. It's when a group of people get together and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Okay? That night, after she got everybody all upset and fearful and scared for her and loving and loving and loving on her, after she'd been hiding online because she shut down most of her accounts because she exposed herself last week, okay? She wants to blame all that on me and everybody else in the world. But Molly did that. I didn't do that. I just pointed it out after the fact. So this night, Monday night, a couple nights ago, when she's telling everybody about this drive-by shooting, Molly, and I won't say the other people's names, but they're sitting here in front of me, just FYI, and I know some of you are listening right now, literally sat there and conspired to frame myself and that Oregonian reporter, Les Sates, for a drive-by shooting at Molly's house. Now, Molly says she filed a police report, and ironically, not one person has forced Molly to show them that police report. Why? Because you guys just all believe what people say to you, especially when they're all up in arms about it, okay? But this person, this Shiloh Ryder, this Molly, she's always up in arms. If you think about the things that she has done and the encounters that everybody's had with her, it's all meant to fuel and while the up in arms. There's no calmness there. So why is it bad what she told you all about what happened Monday night? Because it never happened. Nothing happened. There was no drive-by shooting. There's not been one single media story out there anywhere in Florida, in Tampa, in Hillsborough County where she lives, on Brilliant, uh, what is it? Brilliant pet way. It's legal for me to say that, Molly. I already checked. All right? Nothing happened there. There was no media coverage. She's a field director 
for Americans for Prosperity in Florida. That would have made media coverage. A, attempted drive-by shooting with a firearm discharged would have made media coverage. And if not media, it would have made the sheriff's blotter. And it didn't make the sheriff's blotter either. Now, maybe Molly looked at the sheriff's blotter. Maybe she saw something there that was talking about a discharge of a weapon. But if you actually click on it, nothing to do with Molly at all. Something to do with a long-standing problem of a domestic dispute thing, okay, that's been an ongoing thing. Nothing happened at Molly's house. But, you know, hey, okay, so no media stories. Oh, they missed it on the police blotter or the sheriff's blotter. Well, guess what? I called and I spoke with the sheriff's office. And they don't let you tell them, tell their names. But it's Dispatcher 91, and that's on record, and it was a recorded call that they've recorded. And I provided Molly's address because, FYI, Molly has published her address. You can go on many different sites and find Molly's address. I didn't dox Molly. I gave him her address. I gave him her full name, including her middle name. There was no call from Molly or anyone attached to Molly. There was no drive-by shooting. There was zero sheriff or police activity on her street or in her neighborhood. It is all a lie. Now, what happened after that? Well, let's see. I myself have had very real death threats. I've had rape threats. I've had all sorts of threats. Threats don't bother me much. Everybody that listens to my show on a regular basis knows I, I'm armed. I have, I have weapons in my home. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid of anybody. Uh, I'm very diligent in what I do. I've been down this road before. But when somebody is trying to say that they shot into their house and then get with a group of people and say things like, we need to get it out there right away. We need to pin it on them right away. I know this is killing you, Molly, that I know this. That is a crime, according to your sheriff's office, who now has all your information. But guess what, Molly? Because you shared that on social media and through digital devices that went outside of your state, it is a federal crime and would involve the FBI. Now, I'm just an Internet talk show host and journalist. I think that you're going to stop your role right now. If you don't, I will follow through with that FBI because I have everything. If you don't stop your role, okay, I will, I, I will follow through. Even if you do stop your role, I don't know what the Oregonian is going to do, Molly. I really don't. They're a big entity. they got lawyers, okay. I, I have my union attorneys, and I can do lots of stuff there. But the Oregonian, you may as well be fighting with the New York Times or the L.A. Times now. You committed a federal crime, and so did the people that conspired with you. And I don't mean just the ones with the LOLs and the ha-has and oh, poor Molly's. I mean the ones that actively were in your conversations about how to set us up. Now, Betsy Ross Blogger comes out with a story yesterday and Spitfire on YouTube, a YouTuber, and, and Professor Doom and Mike Soror, uh, did a show based off of that uh, with my name in the title. They do a whole show about stop calling people a shul and a fed and all of this, but yet they're calling me all that in the show, which is funny as it's there in their title. Uh, and they think they're going to have a big aha moment 
story I did on on Molly, exposing or showing that it's Molly from the AFP and not Shiloh Ryder, not somebody who does not have an agenda. Okay, this is somebody who has infiltrated your movement for a reason, and it's not for you. All right, I don't know how to express that to you any more clear that you get it, and there are lots more like her. So Spitfire does this show with his people uh, based off of Betsy Ross's thing. Now, Betsy Ross's article that's not an article, there's nothing of substance in there. She's talking about how I've attacked Molly and I've done all of this stuff. Everybody seems to neglect the fact that Molly created a page and a group to attack me okay, and others, and it's not the first time and we're not the first people. And so many of you participated in that. This woman who's lying about somebody doing a drive-by shooting, please, I encourage you, call the sheriff yourself, truly. I think you'd be surprised. But, you know, you can sit there and pretend you don't know, you didn't hear it, or I said it, so it must not be true, and continue to perpetuate a lie. But isn't that what happened when Sarah Redbuck made the post about my show last week that everybody thought I was lying about, including Brandon Curtis? (laughs) Okay. I think I would know he'd be on my show. But this thing keeps happening and happening and happening within this movement. And it's happened in other movements. It happened in the 9-11 truth movement. It happened in Black Lives Matter. It happened in the other ones. And it's happening in yours. And you're too busy hating on the government and people that you don't deem to be supporting you to be looking at the people within your movement, besides Mark McConnell and labeling them a fed or a plant, okay, or an informant, and really look at the people who are rabble-rousing, who are doing things like Molly did and, and claiming something about a drive-by shooting, inciting people and getting people to conspire with her in a federal crime. Does she want you in jail? How many more want how many more in jail? You need to ask yourself that. I don't know why you're not. I do not understand what the hiccup is that that you cannot set down your cause long enough to unruffle your feathers, pull your heads out of wherever they are, and take a look at yourself first, figure out where you are, and then look at everybody around you, whether you consider them a close, tight friend or not, and how you connected, why you connected, and do you really know about them or do you know what they told you about them and what they've posted about themselves? You want to vet me? Get your own crowd first. You're going to be surprised. You don't have the federal government to worry about as far as people infiltrated. You really don't. You have corporate America, and you have politicians with special interests, politicians that are part of AFP um, as far as what they do uh, in support, politicians that are um, involved with with ALEC, with the Americans Land Council, which is also another co-brothers entity. Well, politicians like cows that we have not heard nowhere near enough of with regards to what happened with the Oregon standoff, cows that came to be because of the Bundy Ranch, politicians, alleged attorneys who are no longer attorneys, who have no legal right whatsoever to practice law anywhere. In fact, Chris Ann Hall is not even allowed to consult with someone legally. It's actually a crime for her to do that. But you wouldn't know that because you're all too busy shooting people down that try to tell you truth. These people have an agenda that is not yours. It's not any of yours. 
They might do some things that make it look like it is, but it's not. Why was Clive and Bundy arrested at the airport? Think about that. Think about who didn't get arrested that night. He's just as responsible for so much, particularly Oregon standoffs, more so than Cliven. Her name would be Michelle Fiore. Look at Gavin Syme. Ran for Congress. Last, lost really badly. Drifting. Donate, donate, donate. Everybody wants donations. Donations. Mo wants donations. Staff Sergeant Mo, Maureen Chelsea wants donations so she can go see Gavin Syme. <laughs> Why? Mo, Staff Sergeant Mo, who says she's doing all these donations and putting it on the books of, of the 27 people indicted in the Oregon standoff and then the 19 indicted, some of which are crossovers at Bundy Ranch in Nevada. Is she showing anybody proof of what she's putting on the books and who's? Is she telling you how she's choosing who gets money and how much? Is anybody out there that's robbing their own household finances asking anybody to be accountable for their money? As they ask for more and more and more. Travis Cox was finally picked up. Last man on the indictment and been caught. Mo finally talked about him. But she was too busy. She was too busy yesterday on a show, another YouTuber show, okay, bad-mouthing me about Molly Dunn and the things that I'm doing, okay, instead of actually looking at the facts of which I have been presenting week after week after week. And it's pretty foolish what they've done. Not one of them picked up the phone and got any kind of incident report because there is none. But they'll take someone's word. Why? Do you not understand that that is what the problem is? Do you not understand that this is where we are now? Digital technology has desensitized us with one another, okay? Digital technology has desensitized us in the sense of we can't engage with one another anymore. Loving and hating on each other in 140 characters or less, is that humanity? You can get together for a barbecue, whether it's militia, patriots, or Black Lives Matter, or, you know, your neighborhood watch, or just you and your grandma, okay? But if you're not engaging beyond, hi, hello, how are you, and making a snarky joke, then you're not engaging on anything. If you're out there spending all this time, like I said, trying to dox people and character assassinate people, I mean, go for it with me all you want. I don't care. It's not about me. I see these people, you guys are doing it to each other. And what this Patriot Liberty Movement doesn't see is that they are the minority in this country, and the vast majority of this country is seeing what they're actively doing, and it's not painting a good picture. At some point, this movement needs to say, and I know there are many people like Melvin Lee who have been trying to say it. I know there are many people including some that were at the refuge or in Burns or have never been to the state of Oregon and somehow involved in a movement or a militia that have been saying this over and over. But nobody's listening. The minute they start talking sense, because everybody's so riled up, I would like you, if you care about what you're doing to your own movement, I would like you to actually investigate what a cult really is. 
because you don't need a cult leader anymore with technology. You isolate yourself. And when you start looking at some of the things that's happening that maybe you're not doing, maybe it's someone you know, if you look at them with open eyes like Molly, you will start to see things a little bit more clearly. But you can't do that until you step aside from your cause for a minute and whatever whatever's behind your support of that cause. That's what you have to do. There's no way around it. And then when you're looking at each other, your, your compatriots, okay, when you're looking at each other, you have to stop not looking at the Fioris and the Sheriff Max and the Gavin Symes and the Chris Ann Halls and the Matt Shays and all the other people that are involved with Taos and Alk and AFP, the Mollies. Okay? You have to look at those people and you have to figure out why you're allowing them to set you all up this way. Now, is there a PSYOP going on? There certainly is. Is it a government PSYOP? Mm, I don't think it's my opinion. I don't think it's a United States government PSYOP, but I do think it's some people that happen to work within the government as well as some other people that are definitely playing a PSYOP on you. And you're so in it, in such a spin, that you can't see it. And the rest of everybody is wondering, when is this going to happen, this wake-up moment? Because I am well on the record, time and time again, of saying I don't think anybody except maybe one or two people deserve the sentences they're going to get. I really don't. Sensily was my friend. And I say was, not because I'm not interested in being a friend, but all the bullshit telephone game, drama, lie, story, pass it on, add something else that isn't true, has filtered into something that actually started with me trying to help Deb Jordan. And then by default, Maureen Peltier. And somehow I became like some weird enemy number one because I don't agree with what happened at the refuge. Well, I guarantee you, just as Melvin Lee had said, that there's more to these stories. And there are many people that, that, that think they agree right now that wouldn't agree. I don't say that because of anything that Melvin said to me. I say that because of the own things, that, my own things that I know, my own things that I'm privy to, my own things of stories I'm working on and people I know are working on. There's a lot going on here. And they're keeping you so razzle-dazzled, okay? People like Molly are keeping you guys so upset and razzle-dazzled and preying on people like the Finnecombe family's emotions. But that's all you can see is red. So Spitfire was up live again before I went on the show. Same title, me, my name. Got shitty with me a couple times today as well. Part of a Twitter account, you know, that they've made on me and some other stuff. And you think that he could uh, say anything about the Molly Gunn thing that was in light of, like, because on his show when he read it, he thought he was going to nail me. And his surprise, palpable. I mean, anybody that listens to his thing yesterday, he was surprised and excited. It was huge freaking information, according to him. But... You know, you need to figure out a way to twist it and use it like other YouTubers for clicks and hits and stuff like that. Well, I'm not a YouTuber. I really don't care about clicks and hits. 
Um, if you listen now or you listen to an archive, that's up to you. I'm not here for any kind of glory or glamour for me. What I'm here for on this subject is because I was once very much like many of these people that are on this extreme edge. And I know a lot of people within these movements. And what's happening is really a horrible thing, in my opinion. Now I have a whole lot of new listeners because of my coverage of Oregon Standoff that would have never listened to my voice before because they would have labeled me all like you guys and what their opinion is of the patriot movement now. But what they have seen is an actual voice of reason here. I have a unique angle because I've been there. And I got out of that and I can still do my stuff. I can still walk the walk. I can still fight the man, okay? But I don't need to perpetuate lies. I don't need to perpetuate drama. And what I have come to understand before the Oregon standoff, but never more so than after meeting this Molly Powell, how much one single person can create in a negative way in a movement. The liberty and the patriot movement is falling apart and you all know it in a certain way, and there's going to be some that will get all pissed off because I said that and puff up their tail feathers and bump their chest and all of that. But you know it's true, and they know it's true. And the only reason, which you don't get, the only reason it's falling apart is because you guys are allowing things like Molly to happen. You are allowing things and people like Molly to become your face and to drive your emotion and your your angst and your, your hatreds. There's one person that I've met, and I don't have much more time. There's one person who, because of her, actually stirred up a lot of this shit, but um, I wrote a story about her too this week, and that's Sarah Redbuck. And that's because if you read my story or you have read things about her family and her family's story, you should have compassion. Doesn't mean you have to agree with her and her stance or beliefs. Um, but she had a very real life experience that happened in her family that did involve uh, a paid informant that had infiltrated her family. Well, if that was me, I would certainly have my radar on, and the ones that I thought were informants within my movement, I would attach myself to uh, tightly keep your enemies close, right? But it involved a lot of things, but it also involved the BLM and the same BLM agent, Daniel Love, before Bundy Ranch ever happened. So there's a lot of parallels for Sarah, and I don't have to agree with her to understand that. And in the piece that I wrote on her, which is why I started this series, um, Background Motives, is important. I'm not trying to nail anybody. And the story I did on Sarah should prove that because it was a good story. It was an important story. A lot of people now have compassion for her her, that did not, especially after what happened last week. But they care now. And that's because each one of these individuals, if you all take the time to do what I did and look at each individual and what is really motivating them, it's not camaraderie. It's things that happen in our lives. We are the sum of our lives. You all need to vet each other, even if you think you're friends. Really figure out what's going on. Ann and Bundy's reasons are far different than John Ritzheimer's reasons. And, oh, by the way, 
last week. I was not calling John Ritzheimer riffraff. I was talking about riffraff and using the general population's perception of John Ritzheimer and how he presented himself, not anyone else, how he presented himself to the world via social media. And when you have people like Melvin Lee trying to talk sense into someone like John Ritzheimer, who was all fired up because he was in the moment, then yeah, when I say something like it's time to hear Papa preach or Daddy talk or something like that, it's about experience and wisdom and knowledge and then sanity, okay? Sanity. FYI, I am watching the chat room. Um, Nobody is to insult anybody in there from any side. It is not allowed. I don't allow that on the show. You guys want to do that stuff on social media? That's up to you, not on my pages. Okay, you want to have a discussion? Then have have a discussion. Okay, ask each other questions. Don't accuse. So here we are with less than seven minutes left of this show. And if anything, I hope that even if it's one of you, okay, even if it's one of you, we'll start looking at each other. I really hope the Bundy family and the Finnegan family will make some real retractions and apologies for some of the lies and myths and disinformation that's come out of those camps with regards to how Lavoie died. They say they have an autopsy. If it's different than the one that's out there in the public, then they should show that, not just say that. And those that believe the things that are said need to look for proof and ask for proof. And oh, by the way, after the show, I will tweet out to you the uh, police blotter that shows that there was no call there and uh, there will be numbers there that you can call and talk to the sheriff's yourself as far as how the Molly Powell thing. You need to start looking at these people that you're involved with, with the constitutional sheriffs and Chris Ann Hall and Fiore and Matt Shea and all of these people and dig a little bit deeper and you find out why they need you so bad because they need you and they're using you. Okay? They're using you. They're not doing this for you. But yet you have people like Ammon Bundy and John Ritzheimer. Let's, let's take Ammon out of it for a minute. You have people like John Ritzheimer and Ryan Payne. Ryan Payne told Sheriff Ward to his face in audio that there are political people that are going to take this away from the government. He believed that 100%. John Ritzheimer assured people like Melvin and Mark and others no, no, it's all good. It's okay because you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Well, what was happening behind the scenes? Do you know? What you do know is it has something to do with these political people. But are they in jail? No. Are they going to be in jail? Well, that's up to you. But if they have charges for inciting like Pete Santoli and Ammon Bundy do, then who gets charges for inciting them? Because not only did somebody incite them, somebody gave them encouragement, somebody told them it was okay. Somebody gave them their stamp of approval. And those stamps, by the way, are official stamps of approval. Okay? Some of Sheriff's Max, constitutional sheriffs, are active right now. There's even a police chief that is active. Okay? That would be a stamp of approval. If a police chief tells me I can do something that I'm not sure is legal or not, and he says I can? He's a chief of police? 
or my local politician tells me it's okay. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, no, I got your back. I got your back. Or as long as you say, I got, I got your six. Well, <laughs> where's your six now? Because they don't got it. They got theirs. How come they got in jail? Sure of it. Okay? You need to look at each other. You need to stop thinking these people are there to help you. They're not helping you. Michelle Fiore is not your friend. Just like the government's not our friend. Michelle Fiore is not your friend. And all you very, very conservative people out there, particularly you women, okay, you, you really conservative women, you, you God-fearing women out there that preach religion all over the place. Now, I'm a Christian, okay? You tell me what other conservative woman you know dresses and behaves like Fiore, including write and produce and act in her own movie and act like a pole stripper. Now, I don't know if her breasts are real or not, but if she got them and she paid for them, wow, that says something there. She was born with large breasts like I am, but she wants to play hers up all the time. That's not very conservative now, is it? But you like what she's saying, so you overlook the other stuff. So you don't see that she's not really so conservative in a lot of stuff because she's talking a certain language to you, so you don't look at anything else. What does Matt Shea want from you? What does Gavin Syme want from you besides donations? What does Maureen Peltier want from you? What does Deborah Venatucci want from you? Doing legal work for the Sam Tilly and the Bundy team as a paralegal, as a legal assistant with Legal Shield. Go back on her Facebook page, people. Find out where she entered your picture. She was pretty much nowhere until after Lavoie died. And then, you can see it on her own Facebook page, she signed up to become a legal shield rep. And then she cornered herself into Moe's world. And she's trying to sell you all legal advice. <laughs> she's bad as a war profiteer. But for whatever reason, because she's ballsy and in people's faces and da-da-da, like Molly, okay, like Shiloh, somehow you guys seem to be drawn to that. Because you think they're walking the walk for you. They're not. They're walking you all to jail and taking your money along the way. Now I'll have some guests next week. I didn't have any guests this week because I wanted to just talk to you one-on-one. Thank you for behaving in the chat room. I appreciate it. Uh, I did not take calls tonight. Uh, I was going to, but my chat keeps dropping. And as you noticed, the show dropped twice. So uh, I didn't think it was a good idea to push it. I'll be back next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, right here, Challenging the Rhetoric with Sherry Roberts. Have a wonderful evening.